Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made, and he made it just for you and for you and for me. He made it for us to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for joining us here at Open Altar Worship Center in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Pastor Robert, and I thank God for my beautiful bride and partner in life, Pastor Wendy Spady as well. Thank you. Give it up for her as well. Amen. We're so glad that you're taking this time to join with us. We pray that you enjoyed the praise and worship. It has set the foundation. Oftentimes um, in the days, we say back in the Bible days, but in the Old Testament, before they went into battle, you know, the modern army will often use um, air will try to establish uh, air superiority and they'll use artillery to prep the area and to cause the enemy to shake but God would send in the praisers God will send in the praisers it's having that confidence that knowing that God is going to do what he said he was going to do and we can't wait for the manifestation we can't wait until it happens we have to praise him right now we have to praise him right now So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what you hear on today, what you hear on today may not be what you're expecting, but it's the word of God. And that sows a seed in your life that will cause your thinking and your mind to change. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will know what is the good, perfect and acceptable will of the Lord. So we're coming to you right now. In the name of Jesus. And let us go before the throne of grace before I go any further. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our partners and our visitors and those who are viewing online. For everyone who has taken the time to join us here together. Lord, you tell us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as some would, but that we would gather together all the more as we see the days approaching. And to redeem the time because the days are evil. So, Lord, we come together in a special time and a special place designated by you. And, Lord, we come together because we need a refreshing. We need a refilling. We need to change some of the things in our lives that are not quite lining up with your word. Lord, because you said that we can do so many things. Lord, we can offer sacrifices and we can give money and we can go and do great things but your word declares according to hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 for without faith it's impossible to please you so lord we're coming together right now and though we may not see anything happen in the physical realm we believe and trust by your word that things are happening in the spiritual realm The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And as the songs say, and as the old folks used to say, prayer changes things. So, Lord, what we don't see, Lord, we will continuously come boldly before your throne that we will find grace to help in the time of need. Now I pray, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I pray for the ear gates 
and the eye gates of everyone here in the building and everyone watching online that what they see and what they hear will be for the edifying of their spirits and that they will draw closer to you in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, just want to remind all of you who are watching online and, and for those of you that are here in the building that we so desire that you would be blessed. And we're not asking for a financial blessing to line our pockets or to do th- extravagant things, but so that you will be blessed. Galatians 6 and 7, I believe it's Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. You can sow discord, you can sow hatred, you can sow love, and you can show, sow kindness. And God says it will always come back to you. It doesn't matter whether you believe in God or not. And people like to use the terminology, well, you know, karma's going to get you. Karma, no, that's the word of God. That's where that comes from. We reap what we sow. Amen. So we're asking all of you that would pray and ask God, you know, what seed can I sow? What seed can I sow into open altar? Because that seed, I guarantee you, number one, it comes back to you. But also God will use those finances to help bless those who are in our communities and those that we desire to be connected to. So you can reach us in several or you can give that in several ways. You can give it whether you're personal here in the building. You can use our app which is our cash app, which is dollar sign, open altar. But you can also use the number uh, 833-313-6278. That's 833-313-6278. And finally, if you have a prayer request, something that's going on that you want us to agree with you in prayer, it doesn't matter if you're a partner of this church or any other church. Drop us a line. Just text us, uh, text OA Connect, OA Connect to 55498, 55498. And we have been getting responses and people are saying, look, I need, I need you to be in agreement with me about, you know, a job or a sickness or a neighbor or anyone, even if it's yourself. We just want to hear from you. And again, we're not obligating you to join this ministry. We're just saying we want to be connected in the body of Christ. So again, that's OA Connect to 55498. So let's move forward uh, in the word on today. Um, I'm going to do something, or should I say two things are going to happen this morning that I have never, ever, ever done before. So it's nothing you need to write down, but just maybe as a mental block. Two things that are going to happen this morning. One... Pastor Wendy and I, you know, we were, we were running late this morning. I said, you know, we need to go back to laying out our clothes on Saturday night instead of getting up on Sunday morning and realizing the shoestring is broke and, you know, you need to iron these clothes. And it's like, oh, this doesn't really match and all that. So part of that is the first thing I'm going to do is for the duration of the time I'm up here, I'm going to be holding my breath because I realize this shirt don't fit me like it used to. <laughs> So if y'all see me pass out, get the oil, call 911, do what you got to do, because I'm not leaving out of here like that. And I do warn you, keep your hands, you know, you can do like the whole Pledge of Allegiance thing, but keep your hands close to your heart. So if one of these buttons pops off, you don't get hit in the eye, you know, it's like, you know. All right, okay, so anyway. 
But the second thing that's going to happen this morning is uh, our new sermon series is we're going to be talking about the, we're going to be going through, should I say, we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians. So today's message is, is probably not going to be one that you shout and, and scream like, oh, hallelujah, Lord, I needed that word, I needed that word. But how many of you have in-laws and cousins and, and uncles and, and other people in your lives that maybe you don't really know that well? You kind of know of them, and maybe you haven't talked to them in a while, but you know they're out there. And so there's so many things that we as believers and Christians that we take for granted that people have told us over the years. For example, we, we hear the scripture, um, um, what is it? Uh, I know it's Ecclesiastes 9 and 11. Uh, but anyway, oh, the race is not given to the swift nor power to the strong. And then we add in, but he that endures to the end. And that's not what that scripture says. Ecclesiastes 9-11. Go back and read it for yourself. But we can't take for granted what other people are saying, what the word of God says. So we're going to take the book of Ephesians and we're going to just kind of go through it. Not getting so deep that you're lost. Because if you can't apply it to your everyday life, then it's not doing you any good. All right. So let's let's talk about um, let's talk about from the beginning. Let's let's talk about the Old Testament versus the New Testament because we are living in the New Testament times right now. So the Old Testament is foundational, and and you may not be able to write down what's on the screen. So take your phone out. We don't have a problem with it. Take your phone out and take a picture of the screen, and you can go back and read it later. So the Old Testament is foundational. The New Testament builds on that foundation. With further revelation of God, Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. I'm not going to do away with what the Old Testament said. I'm going to fulfill it in the new. Secondly, the Old Testament contains many prophecies. Can I get those slides up there, please? Thank you. The Old Testament contains many prophecies that are fulfilled in the new. The Old Testament provides the history of a people The New Testament focuses on a person. This will be the third one. The Old Testament shows, um, oh, excuse me. The Old Testament, God dealt with, I'm sorry, I think I got these out of order. Anyway, the Old Testament shows the wrath of God against sin with some glimpses of grace. The Old Testament dealt with, God's stance against sin with some glimpses of grace. The New Testament shows the grace of God towards sinners with some glimpses of his wrath. The Old Testament, God may seem preoccupied with justice and retribution, while the New Testament seems more oriented towards forgiveness and reconciliation. So we, we saw a lot of the wrath of God in the old and how he dealt with people swiftly. People could do something one time and boom, God said, boom, they're gone. They're out of here. And I'll touch on that again in a minute. But in the New Testament, he talks about forgiveness and reconciling. Even talking to us that we have the ministry of reconciliation. One to another and to those who don't know Christ. But let's take, for example, and it's not on the slide, it's not up there, Romans, write this down, Romans chapter 6, 
begins at verse 1 and it says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Grace is not a license. Even though God forgives us, grace is not a license to sin, but it's a license to serve. By the grace of God, I can serve him and know that even if I make a mistake, God's not going to show his wrath toward you. He's going to say, you know, you could have done that in a different way and it been more effective. But my grace is sufficient for you. But then in verse 21, he, he goes on in this whole chapter. And I love to read it from time to time because it, it keeps me in check. But in verse 21, he says, so what fruit do we have? And I'm paraphrasing. What fruit do we have from the things that we did before that we're now ashamed? Oh, yeah, man. You know, you know how many women I slept with last year? <laughs> man, I can't even count. And we count that as a badge of honor because so quickly and I would say from the pulpit, from the pulpit, we are so quick to point our fingers at, you know, the people who smoke and the people who drink and the people who are, 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 are doing all of these type of outward things. But it's the sins of the heart that God really looks at. It's the sins of our heart that we are not dealing with on an individual basis because it's easy. You know, when it, was, when it came time for David to be chosen to be the king, no one wanted to look at David because he was just a small kid. He was the youngest of all his brothers. And the Bible tells us that man looks on the outward appearance. But what's God looking at? He's looking at your heart. How many times have you heard stories about people who walk in the buildings and walk in the stores and nobody wants to deal with them because it's like they don't dress a certain kind of way? And they come to find out this person is a multimillionaire. And we are so quick to judge people. So let's, let's get off of our high horses. And again, it starts here in the pulpit. Let's get off of our high horses about, you know, the outward sins of some people when we have people in our lives that we're like, they did that to us 10 years ago and we still haven't forgiven them. So it's, it's about the whole picture. But anyway, in verse 21, he says, those things that we've done that we're now ashamed, what, what fruit is it? Okay, so you drank more than everybody else did that night. Ooh, where's your trophy? I mean, really. But now we're ashamed. It's like, I can't even believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. I got this new car, man, and boom. Man, I was doing 90 miles an hour down 64, and I never got caught. Okay, is there a checkered flag? Is there a check? Where did you get from those things that we did? But then in verse 23, he says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. He, 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 he throws that back at us. He puts it back in our face. The wages of sin, everything that we think we're doing, and it's so much fun, and it feels so good for the moment. And let me tell you, let me take a, let me take a quick poll. How many of you like sin and what you like to do? Come on, raise your hand. There's something. Don't put your hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some things that we like to do. Come on, y'all. You know, and, and I'm telling you, I did all of my drinking from the ages of 13 to 18. My birthday was in November of the school year. So I turned 18 in November of 1979 or 78. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why'd you turn your button pop? <laughs> so legally, 
and no one could stop me. Legally, I could drink all through the time I was in high school. I'm not saying while I was in class, but throughout my high school year, I drank from November all the way till June. All my other friends had to get fake IDs or get someone else to buy their liquor for them. But, you know, I realized, where is this getting me? So by the time I was 18 and I joined the army and was like, finally, we got a break and we got to go to the clubs. And they all sat around like, let's get a pitcher of beer. And I'm like, I've done all my drinking. It wasn't fun anymore. But the gift of God is eternal life. We can keep doing what you're doing. And I'm not saying if we sin, we're bound for hell because grace is greater than his wrath. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Finally, the things that were in the Old Testament were more tangible. And I'll I'll explain that in a minute. But the things we deal with now are more, we deal more with the intangible. Y'all know what I mean. Tangible means you can touch it. Intangible, you can't. You can't. The Bible is a, while it's a unified book, there are differences between the Old Testament and the New In many ways, they complement each other. I know one pastor says, no matter what you find in the Old Testament, I can find it in the New Testament. So let's take a a snapshot. And again, we're going to build up to the book of Ephesians. But let's take a snapshot of how they used to do things in the Old Testament versus in the New. And I'm just going to skip through Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter 16. I'm just going to begin with verse 2. Leviticus 16 beginning at verse 2. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And if you don't have a Bible, if you've got a cell phone, I'm telling you there's so many Bible apps out there. You can get them out and you can download them and you can read the Bible at your leisure anytime and several different versions. And, and the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron your brother not to come at just any time into the holy place Inside the veil, remember that word veil, before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in a cloud above the mercy seat. You all have heard about the ark of the covenant, the ark of the covenant. And when I said how God's grace is now, it used to be in the Old Testament, people could do something one time. And God's like, I'm done with you, did. One person, I can't, I should have looked it up, but, but one person in the ark As they were carrying the ark, no one was allowed to really touch the ark. They had to use special poles with loops on the side of the ark, and they had to use special poles to lift and to carry it. And so one person stumbled, and someone else said, oh, the ark's getting ready to fall. So they reached up and put their hands on the ark to stable it, and God said, you're done. You don't touch the ark. And that's not the God that we serve now. He was more God judgment then. And then jump down from 2 to verse 16. And we're talking about, uh, if, if you've ever heard about the Holy of Holies, a place that the high priest would go into once a year to make atonement or to pay for the sins of the people. He did this once a year. And it goes from verse 2 down to 16. It talks about how Aaron would have to go in and all of these things he would have to do, a certain way that he had to dress, certain garments he had to wear. He had to wear a, a belt basically around his waist with a rope on it. Because if Aaron's heart was not right before God, when he walked into this most holy place, 
they would listen because they say he would have little bells around the bottom of his his garment and they would hear these bells ringing. And as long as they heard bells ringing, they know he was good. But if they heard if they didn't hear bells anymore, it means that Aaron had dropped over dead and you could not go in and get Aaron. The rope was so that you could pull him out. That was the holy place that holy place that only the high priest could go into. He had to prepare two goats. One he had to, he had to, um, they would hold on to, the other one they would sacrifice. He had to get a bull and make a sacrifice for him and his household. And then in verse 16, he says, so he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the children of Israel. He wasn't doing it just for himself, but for the nation. And because of their transgressions and for their sins. Now, when the Bible talks about iniquities and transgression, iniquity is basically a thought that you think. A transgression is an act that we commit. Iniquity is a thought. A transgression or a trespass is an action that we take. And then he goes on to say, for their sins. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting the remains among them in the midst of their uncleanliness. Verse 17. There shall no man... There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meetings when he goes in to make atonement. In other words, no one else can go in there until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his his household and for the assemblies of Israel. Verse 21. Aaron, the two goats I told you about, one goat has already been sacrificed. The other one, it says Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat. Confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. Y'all ever heard the term scapegoat? And if you read down, I, I didn't want to give you a whole lot of scriptures, but the Bible even says that's what a scapegoat is. You're going to take the fall. You're taking the sins. And then not only did he put his hands on him, but a suitable man had to come along and and chase this goat. This goat was not allowed to hang around anymore. He would have to chase this goat out into the wilderness, never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. And then verse 30, it says, this shall be an everlasting statue for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did. As the Lord commanded Moses. The Jewish uh, acknowledge a day called Yom Kippur. Anyone ever heard of that before? Yom Kippur. And we think it's like, oh, it's Christmas. It's like, no, it's not Christmas. Oh, it's like Easter. No. Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. It's the day that they recognize when Aaron would go in once a year and make atonement for the sins of Israel. So it's, it's a, a holiday that the Jewish people still celebrate. That is Yom Kippur. And a question was raised, I saw on the internet the other day. Do you wish a, a Jewish person, oh, happy Yom Kippur. It's like, no, it's not a celebration. It's a, a day of sovereignty. But think about all that he had to do, a certain way he had to dress. And, and first of all, his mind and his heart had to be right before God. Then he had to get this bull. Then he had to get this goat. Then once he got done with this, he had to actually go and take all his clothes off. They had to be washed. He had to go and wash himself 
in the river of a suitable place. It couldn't be just anywhere like, hey, let's get some water hoses and, and just wash, spray me off. No, all of those things that he had to do. But remember, I said a few verses before that they had to go behind the veil, behind the veil. But let's look at Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, go starting at verse 47. Matthew 27, beginning at verse 47. And Jesus is on the cross. And he's about to take his last breath. In verse 46, it says that he cried out with a loud voice, Elah, Elah, lama sabbatani, which means my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he feels that separation of the sins of the world that are now on him. And God's like, I can't have any part of sin. So for a moment in time, God the Father and God the Son are separated. And then in verse 47, it says, Some of those who stood near, when they heard that, they said, This man is calling on Elijah. And immediately one of them ran, took a sponge filled with sour wine, and put it on a reed, a long stick, and offered for him to drink. The rest said, Let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And as Christ cried out again in a loud voice and yielded up his spirit, then behold, the veil in the temple was rent or torn in two from the top to the bottom. And then the earthquake and the rocks were split. And as I've said before, this veil between the Holy of Holies, which was now in the tabernacle, this veil separated the, the holy place from the most holy place. And it was torn from the top to the bottom because this veil, I was told, is like it was extremely thick. It wasn't like a pair of jeans. It was like 10 pair of jeans. And it took so much force to tear it apart that they said to show that man didn't do it because Two men could take a knife and cut it and like, let's pull, let's pull, let's pull and rip it from the bottom to the top. But God said, in order to show you that it's me, I'm going to cause it to tear from the top to the bottom. And so now we have access. We can now go into the throne of grace. We can find grace to help in the time of need. God said, you don't have to sacrifice bulls anymore. You don't have to sacrifice doves and goats, no more scapegoats. You take responsibility for your actions. And 1 John 1 and 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we're liars. And then verse 9 says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't have to go home, get in a closet, turn off the lights, put on some music, lay prostrate before the Lord and say, Lord God, I've asked you to forgive me for what I've done. It's like I'm driving down the road and they cut me up. Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry, officer. <laughs> okay, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> and we keep it moving just like that. We don't have to go through those rituals anymore. Because when I said before that things we used to deal with the tangible, the goats and the bulls and the turtle doves, those are tangible things. Let me ask you where, do you, where do you find, where do you buy goats from now? Anybody know? You know where Google, Google how you buy a bull <laughs> and not get 
not be in trouble because you sacrificed that bull. Jesus was a sacrificial lamb. And so all of our sins have been paid for. So that's one of the major differences. And I mean, we can find hundreds of them between the Old Testament and the New. When I was in, in the army in the early 80s, on the first day of the month, they used to have what they call payday activities. Payday activities. It would always begin with physical training, some type of, you know, PT, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, running, and all that other stuff. We would go take showers, eat breakfast, and then we would come back for some type of inspection. Either we would have to wear our, our work uniform, our Class A uniform, or they would inspect our vehicles or inspect the barracks. There was some type of inspection, and when that inspection was over with, they would give us a safety briefing and say, cut you loose for the rest of the day, and this would usually be no later than 12 o'clock. The payday activities was so that now you could go, and this is in the 80s now, not 2008, not 2018, but in the 80s, and I'm sorry, not not the 1880s, but the 1980s, you would now go down to AT&T, you would go down to Virginia Natural Gas, you would go down to VEPCO or wherever you were, and you would stand in line with your checkbook. And you would pay your bills. And once you finished that place, you had to go to another place. And you used that day, the army gave you that day to take care of all your bills. Can you imagine all the lines that we would have to stand in nowadays? I got to go pay my gas bill. I got to go pay my water bill. And it won't no just drop off box. You had to stand in line. But now how can we pay our bills? We pull out our cell phones. It's like, oh, man, that's right, this bill is due. So we just go online, boop, and just a matter of seconds, we can pay our bills. God has made it so much easier. He's like, I'm approachable. I don't know who you're dealing with in your life and who you feel like you can't talk to, but I'm always approachable and I'm always available. I am always available, and I want to hear. The Bible tells us he knows in Psalms 139, he says, He knows your thoughts afar off. I already know what you're thinking. I already know what you're thinking. I already know how you feel. I know you are ticked off to the hill. I know you're ready to strangle somebody. I know you're so frustrated, but I want you to talk to me. I need to hear it from your mouth, from your heart, so we can fix this, so that we can fix this. So let's fast forward to the book of Ephesians, because now we're in the, in the New Testament. In the looking at the greater majestic times, Paul actually wrote the letter of Ephesians while he was in prison. Three times that we know of that the Bible records that, that Paul was arrested. It, it could have been something as, as, well, primarily he was always arrested, not for wrongdoing, not for any evil, but he was arrested because he was preaching the gospel. He was arrested simply because he was preaching the gospel. Now, prison for him was not always prison as we think of, because back then there were there were basically two types of prisons. One type of prison was the one where you were just awaiting trial. The other prison was you locked away. You are not coming out. But when Paul was in in prison, as we say, he was under house arrest. And this house arrest meant that during the daytime, Paul could be like, hey, I'm going to go see Junebug. And he would go hang out with his friends. And he would go do whatever he wanted to do. But in the evening time, 
And this happened for two years. And in the evening times, they would chain Paul to another soldier so that he couldn't escape at nighttime. So when he wrote this letter to Ephesians, that's what he was under, was under what was called house arrest. Rather than uphold the sanctity of Christian faith, the church is largely, largely, and this is talking about the Ephesians church, why did Paul actually write to them is because the church had largely sold out to political powers in the city. They were under a political regime, and it's like, well, the law says this, and Paul's like, but we're not following the law. And I mean literally what the laws of the lands were. And we, we don't disobey. Yeah, I know it says 55, but that's just a suggestion. We obey the laws of the land. Thou shalt not kill. It's still a law of the land. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It's still a law of the land. But Paul's trying to teach them, you are under grace. The book of Ephesians explains how the church comes um, to full spiritual maturity in Christ. The first part of the book describes the good news of what God has done. And we'll find that in Ephesians chapters 1 through 3. The second section gives instructions on how to live in light of those blessings in 4 and 5. And then finally, in chapter 6, because there's six chapters in this book, Ephesians ends with an encouragement to stand firm in the face of our hardships. And I'll just give you a glimpse. For example, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Take up the whole armor of God. And he's encouraging them. Put on the whole armor of God. We may think that, and I'm almost done. We may think that, you know, God is this mysterious being that he just kind of floats through space. And and he's way up there in the far galaxies, far, far away. He's as far as Jupiter is from another galaxy, and, and it's like that's so far from the truth. God created us in his image, and God's heart was broken when Adam and Eve fell in the garden. And God could have easily said, okay, wipe the slate clean. We're going to start all over, mulligan if you play golf, and we're going to do this all over again. But he knew in the nature of man that even if he wipes our slate clean, what are we going to do? I think it's, it's in Peter, it says that a sow returns back to the hog pen and a dog returns to his vomit. God can clean us up every single day, but if left alone, we're going to repeat the same things over and over and over again. How many of you, and I'm the first to say, have said, Lord, I'm never going to do that again. Lord, if I, if I ever do that again, Lord, and I pray to pray, Lord, if I ever do that again, kill me. And that's one prayer among many. I'm glad that God did not honor. So he's saying, I want a relationship. And the only way that I'm going to get that relationship with you is because you're not listening to Moses. You're not listening to Abraham. You're not listening to David. But will you listen to my son? Well, I tell you what. I know what you're going to do, but regardless, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my son so you don't have to go through these rituals again. But he's going to be my son, the ultimate sacrifice. And you don't have to go through the high priest. 
You can come through my son. But God is not this mysterious God who we cannot reach. Yes, I hear people, and, and you probably heard people say too, it's like, oh yeah, I, I pray to God every night. I pray to God every night. And it's like, really? What's he saying to you? Because your life does not demonstrate that you are talking to God. John chapter 9, verse 31, Jesus said, and you know God does not hear sinners' prayers. When we, and when I say, and, and let me clarify, there's a difference between those who sin and those who practice sin. All of us sin. But when we practice sin, and even before we come into the knowledge of whom Jesus Christ is, we are sinners. And God's like, until you come into my house, And you let me adopt you. I'm not responsible for you. And I'm not obligated to answer any of your prayers. You want to be a part of my family? I will adopt you in. God has not given us that spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption. And whereby we cry, Daddy, God, Daddy, 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 I need you. Nobody else understands me. Daddy, you're the only one who can help me. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, we've, we've, we've often heard this, many of us have often heard this verse, that God is this mysterious God, and he doesn't, he's not going to show himself to us. It says, I have not seen, but it is written, I have not seen, nor ear have heard, or excuse me, nor ear heard, nor has entered to the heart of man those things which God has prepared for those who love him. Anybody ever heard that before? And we say, oh, man, you know, God's got something good for you. God's got something good for you. Eyes ain't seen. Ears haven't heard. And it ain't into, it has not entered to the heart of man what God is going to do. Man, God's going to do something for you. God's going to do something for you. But you know something? We don't know what it is. We don't, we, we just stand around. We waiting. And God's going to, God's going to blow it up. And we're like, okay, well, when's it coming? When is God going to reveal himself? Well, if we just read to the next verse, verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. But God has revealed them to us. It's not that there's a communication problem. There's a communication between us and God, but it ain't on God's end. It is not on God's end when we don't. Understand what his plan is. That's on us. God is talking to us all the time. All the time God is talking to us. It's just that we're not receiving it. We're not hearing. We're not receiving. Ephesians is a book that is a fulfillment of this. It reveals the things God has prepared for those who love him. And Pastor Wendy and I, as we continue to work together to build this ministry, but our ministry starts at home. And so we often know and realize and say that love is an action word. People can tell you they love you all day, but it's like, if that's what love is, I don't want no parts of it. I don't, I don't need your love, but love gives, love sacrifices. Love, even for me as a husband, says that I have to take the sacrifice. I have to take the hard part first. I may not feel like it, 
I may not want to right now, but love, you know, I, I posted a, 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 about a month or so ago. I, I came home. And I had some yard work I wanted to do. Pastor Wendy said, let's go fishing. I'm like, I'm not going fishing. Because I did all of my fishing when I was drinking. I mean, in, in my early days. When I was a teenager, that's what we used to do. I used to love to go fishing. used to love to go fishing. Now I don't like fishing anymore. It's just like, it's like, hey, I'm happy for you. And when I got done, it only took me about an hour to do the yard work. And I said, let's go fishing. So we went out, we got something to eat, and we went down to the pier. And I paid for both of us to go on the pier, but she was the only one that fished. And I just sat there and was like, if she's happy, then that's what's, that's what's important right now. But guess what? Eventually, she'll come back and say, well, I want to do something that makes you happy. And that's what love is. Jesus didn't have to die. Jesus could have came on this earth and said, you know, I'm just going to live as, as old as Methuselah. And Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. And Jesus could have just went off into the mountains and walked into the sunset and, and like Enoch's like, and Jesus was no more. But he said, no, I'm going to show you love. I'm going to take the pain. I'm going to take the brutal uh, attacks on me verbally. People spitting on him, slapping him in the head, slapping him in the face, and nailing himself, them nailing him to the cross because he says that's what love is. So this is what some of the things we're going to talk about in the book of Ephesians. Pastor Wendy um, is going to pick this up next week. But again, this is just an, uh, a glimpse of how we got from the Old Testament to the New Testament and the book of Ephesians, which we're going to be talking about. So one good thing about it is, you know, you get to, I'll, I'll just say it like this, you get to go and read the book of Ephesians. So nothing comes as a surprise to you. It's like, oh, what are they going to be talking about next week? Well, for the next several weeks, we've been talking about Ephesians. So you can take the time and read it for yourself. And it's like, oh, man, this is going to be good. Oh, this is going to be good. And we can talk about it. You know, we'll have Sunday morning service. And if you have questions, you know, when service is over with, so we don't go over time, say, hey, I got this out of it when I read it. And we can discuss it. Because we're about building each other up. As the saying goes, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So we thank you all for being with us on the day. We thank you so much for joining us. We pray that this was something that inspired you. You can play. And something that will want to cause you to draw closer to God. Draw nigh to God. Draw near to God and God will draw near to you. He wants to see. He's like, I've already paid. I've already shown you my hand. Show me yours. I've already given everything that I can give. I gave my only begotten son. What are you willing to give? Let the wicked man forsake his ways, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and God will have mercy on us. I paraphrase it and I probably messed it up. But God wants to do something in your life on today. As he does with yesterday. And Jesus delay his coming, what he wants to do for us on tomorrow. So we thank you for joining us on today. If you don't know Jesus, and, and maybe you've been in church all your life, 
Maybe you've been in and out of church. Or maybe you were like me, that I came to a point in my life where I felt like I didn't want to be a hypocrite. And I was going to church, and I was running the streets. I was going to church, and I was running the streets. And I said, you know something, God? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to church. I'm going to run the streets. And I ran the streets for about eight years. And I did all the wicked things that I wanted to do. And it's nothing but the grace of God that I'm standing here today. Nothing but the grace of God. And I didn't, I didn't do drugs. I didn't put myself in harm's way in that sense. But I got myself in some bad, bad places. Some bad, bad places that I don't want to talk about. But God's purpose for me was greater. So even if you've gotten away from God, it's, I'm telling you, it's the worst feeling in the whole world. It's to know Christ and then to walk away from him. It is the most miserable thing you will ever experience. So if you want to come to know Christ or you want to rededicate your life, we want to pray this prayer with you right now. Just everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord Jesus, I'm asking you now to accept me for who I am. I can't clean myself up. I can't stop sinning. But I ask your love to come upon me. Accept me as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer or prayer similar to that, there's, there's no formal way of saying it. There's, it's, it's about you connecting, again, from your heart. You might be standing. You might be sitting at a bench. You might be on your couch. You might be driving. But it's the position of your heart that God looks at. But if you pray that prayer with you, the Bible says that all the angels, not a certain angel who's assigned to you, but all the angels in heaven are rejoicing over one that came to Christ. And another angel right now is writing your name in the book of life. So if you were to die right now, then God forbid, but if you were to die right now, you will go. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We don't wish that on you, but knowing that you're going to a, a place far better than this, it's a beautiful thing. So we thank you for joining us. We hope that you continue to tune in with us on this Sunday and any Sunday. We love you. And on behalf of my wife, Pastor Wendy, I'm Pastor Robert. Thank you for joining Open Altar Worship Center on today. We look forward to seeing you in the building or online. And we ask again, drop us a line. Let us know how you're doing. We love you and we look forward to seeing you again. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you all for being here on the day. Um, again, it wasn't a, 
um, shout glory hallelujah message. But one thing we should keep in mind is the fact that what God did. Because if, if I did something so heinous that it, it convicted me so bad and it's like 9 o'clock in the morning I got to wait until 5 o'clock when I get off of work to go home and go through all of this ritual. You know how that weighs on you when you know there's something you got to get right? And it's like, man, I got to call so-and-so. Man, I got to call so-and-so. I, I hope they don't do this before I talk to them. I hope, you know, I got to get to them. I got to get to them. And God's like, you know, with the blood of Jesus, you can come to me right now. So that right there should be an encouragement to you that no matter what you go through, no matter where you are, we can go to God right now. You can go to God right now. And I, I'll say this and I'll sit down. You know, when you go by the store and you see something that you really want, you don't hesitate to figure out how you're going to fix that or how you're going to get that right away. And God's like, you need to be eagerly excited about how, how close and how soon you can get to me. So we thank everyone for being here on the day. Thank you so much again um, for everyone that's here, our partners, our visitors. We thank you for this beautiful family that's joined us here on the day. And for all of our partners, amen. Um, we love you. Um, is it this Thursday? Yeah, this Thursday from, was it? from 5 to 7, we'll be doing our, our uh, pantry. Uh, you know, we do it outside, but once a month or twice a month we feed. This coming Thursday from 5 to 7, you can actually come in the building and we'll have some more stuff for you. Not as much as we give away um, in the car, in the pull-up, but nevertheless, we want to be a blessing to the community. We tried doing it during the day, and everyone was at work, so no one showed up. So we shifted to the evening. Please come out and join us or come out and volunteer. Come out and get something. But we want to tell you about what's going on. So if everyone has had a chance to give and remember, with the machine okay just remember there's there's no there's no gift to God too small no gift and you're like you know all I have is two dollars well if you want change I'll give you change but whatever you give God looks at your heart I tell you what while they're having um, taking, taking, taking care of that we're just going to go ahead and um, pray so that we can dismiss Heavenly Father we thank you for this time to gather, we thank you for this time to assemble, we thank you for this time that we know that you have spoken to us again it wasn't the type of message that um, we normally hear but we pray that we are intrigued and want to draw closer to you Thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross by your son, that we can come to you any day, any time. And Lord, you don't chastise us. You welcome us like the prodigal son. You run to us and we run to you and you receive us. So thank you, Father, for this day. We pray your blessings be upon us. We pray for traveling mercies for everyone as we leave this place, but never your presence. Let your sweet spirit continue to abide us. Let us ever seek after you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hallelujah. Praise God for the word of God. Um, I just feel Holy Spirit saying, is there anyone in here that would like prayer or would like for us to agree with them in prayer? Just anyone. And we don't want to know your business. We just want to be able to touch and agree. The Bible says that when two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. And when we touch and agree, we, we give the power of the Holy Spirit room to move. And that's what we want. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody? Okay. Can you just, Tiffany, can you just come up here? Come on, my brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. I need y'all to join hands. Thank you, God. Not because I know you, or have, I should say, not because we have had an opportunity to just converse with you. But the enemy fights you guys so bad. Because the call that's on your life, the call that's on your family's life, honestly, man of God, I call you man of God. You may not see yourself as man of God. You may not see yourself as powerful and mighty, but I want you to know that in the spirit, God sees you as powerful. He sees you as mighty. He sees you. And he wants to do great things in your life and through you. The things that you have seen, the things that you have encountered has made you who you are today. And some of the things that you've gone through, some people couldn't even take it. They could not even take it. They would not even be able to make it the way that you have. And I want you to know that all of that has been Because God has purpose. You're the head of this family. You're the head. Don't let the enemy tell you otherwise. Don't let the enemy speak to you. God has you right where he wants you. And he's going to use you mightily. As you surrender. As you give things over to him. Hallelujah. He's going to move. And what I need for you to do in your house, not anybody else, but in your house, you need to go around while everybody is sleeping or when maybe everybody is gone. And when you're there by yourself or when you're there in the middle of the night, wake up and just begin to pray. You don't know how to pray? Just say, God, here I am. God, cover my family. Holy Spirit, have your way in this house. Seriously. You take dominion over your house. But you don't take it by force, by physical force. You take it in the spirit realm. Take it in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These your daughters? This is your son. 
God got purpose for all of y'all. And I'm not saying it. But you know, a lot of times we run. We run because it's like uh, we sometimes we would not even hear God or turn to God unless there's trouble. (laughs) When we get in trouble, who do we cry out to? My brother this week almost passed away. And he's, a, he's an alcoholic. He drinks. But guess what? Guess who he was calling on? Hollering and screaming. When his stomach was filling up with blood. They said he was crying out for Jesus so hard. Sometimes it takes situations to get our attention. But don't dwell there. Just let God have his way. Let God have his way. Mommy. God knows your heart. He knows your prayer as a mother. Knows your prayer as a mother. Wailing and crying. Saying, God, move. Saying, God, do. He knows your heart and he knows your prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Robert, can you lay your hands on on him hallelujah father in the name of Jesus I pray for strength for this man of God I pray God that hallelujah you would build him up on the inside that father you would encourage him father that you would move in his life that you would pour out your spirit upon him that God he would be able to keep moving and having vision, direction, knowledge, and understanding. Open up doors of opportunity for him, Father. Open up doors of opportunity. Mm. Give him favor with you and favor with man. Favor with people that he come in contact with. Favor with employers. Favor, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for this mother right here. I pray, God, that you just would strengthen her, Father. I pray, Lord, that her heart is crying out to you. Her heart is saying, Lord, I know you as our keeper. I know you as our deliverer. I know you as our source of joy. I know you as our peace. I know you as our love. I know you, God. And so right now, Father, in the name of Jesus... I pray that you pour out your love to this family. Pray out, pour out your love to them. Let them know, God. Hallelujah. Oh, the father. Mm, Satan, I come against you. You're trying to break up the family unit, but you cannot have this family. I decree and declare right now that this family, hallelujah, is destined for God. This, uh, this family, hallelujah, has been marked for God, has been marked to be used by God in the name of Jesus. I pray your anointing upon them right now in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that no weapon that is formed against this family is going to prosper. I decree and declare that every financial need is met. I decree and declare abundance over their life. I decree and declare, hallelujah, healing, emotional healing, mental healing, physical 
physical healing I declare and decree it right now in the name of Jesus every past is healed every thought of the past every situation and door that leads to the past we close it now in the name of Jesus hallelujah and that your glory would be revealed in their life from this day forward in Jesus name amen amen what I want y'all to do I want y'all not to speak about what happened yesterday don't speak about what happened yesterday but I want you to speak those things that are not as though they were those things that you desire to see you got a tender heart your heart is so tender you be a leader not a follower be a leader not a follower okay I don't know if I'm talking to you right but God says be a leader not a follower you're a leader you know what a leader is right but you need to lead people to the right place not to the wrong okay use what God has given you that leadership ability use it for him and for good okay all right pastor Robert did you want to say something